Have you ever wondered how the separate threads of your life fit in to one big picture? How the individual moments of challenge and triumph connect to one another to form the great meaning of your life? I am Anna Mullins, your Life Story Editor, and I'm convinced that making sense of our deepest pain can help us understand our deepest purpose. In my speaker training program and on this podcast, I help people weave together those confusing, often shameful pieces of their past, revealing the life-changing lessons that create their profound new story. Welcome to Unapologetic Stories, where secrets are out and the truth is in. Welcome back, storytellers. Guess what? I have no guests today. No guest. It is just me and you. I've been getting a ton of requests for solo episodes, which has both flattered and surprised me, uh, but it also makes me a little nervous. As much as I love recording alone for myself, it kind of brings out my vulnerability in a way I think sometimes the interviews don't. Uh, It still kind of has that fear wrapped around it. So I just thought, if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to keep kind of delivering these solo episodes every now and then for you, and giving you some of my personal story, my backstory, but also some of the things that I have used in my life to cope with fear, then why not just talk about it? Why not bring the topic of fear directly to the table? In this case, and in this episode, I thought, why not work with a topic about getting along with fear? How to get along with fear. Here's why. If you've been following me for a while now, you will know that I often joke about being fear's PR person. Like, I will do publicity for fear any day of the week. I'm a huge fan. And if you attended the 2020 Unapologetically Her show, you will also know that I talked about this on stage as well. It is something that I talk about often. So if you've heard this topic before from me, I was going to say I apologize, but I suppose that would go against the entire foundation of this brand. So I'm just going to go for it. How to get along with fear. If you're open to this invitation about getting along with fear, If you've been struggling with fear or with resistance, with blocks, with this feeling that you're being held back from living out all your dreams or uh, taking action, if fear is freezing you in your tracks every single time you try and conquer the goal or step forward in your life or do that great big thing you've been dreaming of, then this edit truly is my invitation and offer to you. That's for you. And here's the invitation, here's the offer. What if fear was actually the most loving force on the planet? What if fear was your call to action? What if fear isn't the demon that we think it is, but the friend that we want? and the cheerleader that perhaps we need. What if we decided to get along with our fear 
instead of trying to pretend that it didn't exist. That is the invitation. And I'm sharing this with you not because I am attempting to persuade you or to convince you, trust me, I am not attached to you believing everything I say, but because this meaning, this truth, and this rewrite all about fear was instrumental in my own journey with anxiety and depression and trauma. And so I'm sharing it with you. Because trauma for me was like the ultimate fear. I mean, I'm sure that's the case with trauma for everybody. The brain literally believes that you're under attack. It gets stuck in the moment of intense fear and then just replays it over and over inside your body until either you shut down or you just have this perpetual anxiety that hangs over you. And this rewrite, though not the full extent of my treatment plan, which I will talk about a little bit later in this edit, this rewrite was part of my trauma coping. And for me, it was the pivotal shift that I needed to move past the frozen moments and to not be as afraid of them. When people ask me now why why this, why storytelling, why rewriting, why editing our beliefs and understandings and meanings from our past, why is that so important to me? Well, let me tell you, this, this right here on this edit, what I'm talking about today, is it. It's my reason. I am often asked about how For example, I decided to, in the middle of trauma and depression and anxiety, just kick off a major event, like unapologetically her, or step into this big dream and start sharing my story. Was I not afraid? Did I feel no fear? No. The most honest answer I can give you is this. I am terrified almost constantly or at least I was back then. But here's the thing. If I wasn't, I wouldn't be doing this. I wouldn't have actually taken action. And I know that's hard to wrap our minds around sometimes. It maybe feels like a contradiction between thinking about fear as holding us back and it's a limiting belief and it's stopping us from being in action my fear kind of kicked me into action. Once you've lived with the possibility in your mind, and maybe this is true for you too out there listening, when you've lived with that possibility in your mind that everything could be taken away, or perhaps everything is taken away, when you're shown just how fragile life is and that the plans, all of the plans, all of the dreams you have for yourself could one day just slip out from underneath you. The biggest fear becomes not the fear of not trying or not doing the thing. The bigger fear, at least for me, was the fear of missing an opportunity to just do the thing I want to do now. To live out my purpose, whatever that was in that moment, whatever it continues to be, For me, it was sharing my story on a stage or building the event or helping other people being in service to storytellers. 
the bigger fear is missing the opportunity to do that one thing that lights you up. I mean, that for me is a hundred times scarier, 100 times more soaked in fear. So I began to ask myself, if I'm scared to not live my dream, maybe fear isn't holding me back at all, but it's actually propelling me forward. Why would fear want to do that for me? So I began to investigate it a little bit further. What is it really? Let's simplify this, I think. And start by calling it a survival instinct. Because of course it is. It's that tiny little reptilian part of our brain that tells us to either fight or flee from anything that can harm us or kill us. Real or imagined, fear wants us to avoid death or harm. It very literally wants nothing more, really nothing more than to watch us live. It wants us to live, to be alive, to feel alive. I know that's counter to how it makes us feel sometimes because it does feel scary. And it feels like it's showing us all the possible scary things that could happen. But rewrite it. Think about the deeper motivation. Think about the motivation of something that wants one thing in the world for us to be alive and to feel alive. Listen, I know fear and anxiety gets a little overzealous. The last near decade of my life is testament to that pain. And sometimes fear does get too loud. Sometimes no matter how hard we try to reframe or challenge our thoughts, which is, of course, an incredibly helpful treatment for anxiety, We simply can't get there. Sometimes an offer or an invitation to do so is not enough. And I know that and I get that. It wasn't always easy for me to do this work. And that is because anxiety, real anxiety, is a medical condition. And sometimes we need deeper support before we lean into these rewrites. So I just want to say that I get that because... That was my life too. I needed greater support from time to time. I've relied on everything from psychologists to psychiatrists to therapists to medication, as well as meditation, to build the bridge or to even get me to a point where I could sit and concentrate on a book or be open to hearing any other way, to even listen to a podcast to engage in practices like this one, which is cognitive behavioral therapy, helping us to rewrite our thoughts. And if that is you right now, please know that you are not alone and that it is absolutely okay and imperative for you to ask for help. If fear is not to be feared, then neither is the experience of real anxiety and the treatment for it. Let that be your calling to love yourself to feel alive enough 
to reach out for support. Let asking for help be the next great rewrite of your life. And as a start, what a freedom to know that something inside of you loves you this much. It was that rewrite at the time when I was open to the invitation and ready to accept. It was that edit that created my new belief that fear was not here to stop me. It was here to remind me of my higher ground, my higher purpose, my one precious life and all of its potential. It has been my calling on many occasions, and it's the thing that said to me, you care enough, Anna, about this dream or this part of your life to worry about it. You care enough about the outcome to even worry at all. How loving is that? How compassionate is that? Now, listen, I'm going to share a little secret with you right now. I usually do this at the end of the show, but here's my secrets are out moment. A little behind the scenes moment, actually. In 2018, I spoke at an event in front of, I think, about 200 or 250 women. I was really honored to be invited to do a talk. I opened the show right after the headliner. And my topic at that event was overcoming limiting beliefs. That was the topic that was given to me. So of course, as with any talk, uh, I take it really seriously. This is a job for me. I prepared and prepared and I thought really deeply about what I wanted to share, what I wanted to put out to the audience that day. And this was it. That repurposing our fear was one of the ways that we could overcome it. That allowing ourselves to meet not just our lightness, but to make friends with the shadows, that was the key to overcoming. Not just pushing through or avoiding or bypassing, but actually downright listening and hearing what is coming up for us in those moments of fear or discomfort. Well, let me tell you something. Not everyone was very happy with my point of view when I presented that the night before the event, that perspective, I actually received a call from another speaker. Now this was about eight or nine o'clock at night, the night before an event that I was set to be at at something like eight in the morning. And here I was having planned and organized and practiced and thought this out for a very long time, weeks before, prepared slides, wardrobe, everything. And this speaker phoned me and suggested that it might be best, given that this event was about motivating people, that I just step down and not show up to speak if I was planning to not stick to the just be fearless and avoid manifesto that was being sold. Fearlessness. I certainly thought about stepping down. Trust me, I did. My fear almost got the better of me. I got very little sleep the night before. Thank God for hair and makeup. 
And I definitely thought about ditching. I thought about running for the hills. I was very nervous. And I mean, really, really anxious. Think about what that would feel like. I mean, I sure thought of it. To show up at an event, to step on stage in front of over 200 people. I mean, think about it if it was even 20 people. But knowing that there were actual people in the audience sitting right in front of you who didn't want you there. Now, I don't know if they were afraid of my point of view, threatened by it, or just flat out didn't like it. Or maybe I'm just crazy and I haven't quite realized it yet. But thankfully, thankfully, the producer of that show was and still is a very close friend of mine. And she encouraged me to speak my truth, despite the very ironic fear-mongering from the other speaker. And if I'm staying honest here, something else greater was actually calling to me. If I stuck to the fearlessness script that was being asked of me, or if I chose to step down and run, I would be giving in to what I think is just this toxic positivity, this bypassing of the real experience of fear or trauma or anxiety that comes up in our bodies. The one that I had been feeling up until this moment and even after it. To simply gloss over it and deliver some I'm doing air quotes here, motivational speech about breaking through and just being your best self and tossing fear to the side. It just felt so much scarier for me to let that message stand. Who am I to make that decision for the audience? Well, who knows? For me, what I do know is that I'm a speaker and I'm a truth teller. That's why I was hired, but it is also because this worked for me. It worked for me. It was a tried, tested, and true rewrite. And I knew that I couldn't be alone. I knew that if I was out there struggling with this concept of like, okay, I'm just going to push fear aside and just burst through onto the scene, I knew that there had to be something bubbling under the surface that hadn't been dealt with, that would surely come back up the next time I tried to conquer a new dream or set a new goal. I just knew I couldn't be alone. And so I stood on that stage and I decided to actually be honest about the fear that came up for me. And I used the example of this experience about public speaking I brought that to the talk because public speaking is hard. I mean, I'm sure there's a stat out there that says public speaking is one of the scariest things that we can do. And that although many people are terrified of public public speaking, can't even get my words straight right now as I'm saying it, thinking back to this moment. I know that many people are terrified of public speaking terrified to do what I was about to do, especially under these conditions, I will tell you this, that I was more afraid not to. 
I was more afraid of not being given the opportunity to transform a space. I was more afraid of not being given the opportunity to reach somebody who was struggling and to transform their life. That's what scares me. That's what scares me. I am more scared of not doing the thing that my soul calls for. I'm scared of not sharing the things that might help the person who is sitting in that audience actually frozen in fear. I am more scared to not offer the point of view, the rewrite, and hope that somebody out there who feels the weight of impossibility on her shoulders, the weight of anxiety, was not given the opportunity to see her experience in a new way. That's what scares me. To not give even one person, as I was given when this rewrite was first introduced to me, to not give that person the glimmer of hope to edit that limiting belief into something more powerful. The other thing I shared that day was a letter that I had written to myself when I was first going through my own healing journey. And it was 2016 from 2016. And at that time, I had just completed a six-week interdisciplinary chronic pain program, during which on my lunch hours, I would sit and read Elizabeth Gilbert's book, Big Magic. Big Magic subtitled Creative Living Beyond Fear, still one of my favorite books. And let me tell you, I mangled that book. I wrote in every margin. I tagged all my favorite pages with post-it notes, which meant almost the entire book was covered in post-it notes. And one day at that clinic, as I sat on my lunch hour reading that book, I received an email in my inbox from some mailing list I was on back there. Can't even remember which one. But it was sharing that Elizabeth Gilbert, the author, would be teaching her first ever women's only big magic workshop at the Chopra Center in Carlsbad, California, the weekend of my birthday. I immediately texted my husband and told him, well, I'm going. This has to be a sign. And that was that no matter what we had to do to make this happen, I was going. And I did go. I flew to California for four days with my mom and we attended a conference entitled Spiritual Solutions for Women. And during Liz's workshop at that event, she asked us to write a series of letters. And one of those letters was to our fear. A life-changing moment for me. And I wanted to share it with you today. So this is the letter that I wrote to myself in 2016 May of 2016 at this event. Dear Anna, I am your fear. I live in you to create boundaries and protection so you can always know the answer. Left, right, forward, backward, no surprises. I have created and will create intense uncertainty. And I will try to create intense certainty to mask that uncertainty so that I can be the driver of your life. Every time you think of taking a leap of faith or trying out some brilliant idea, I will be here to remind you that you can fail 
And when you do, I will ensure you feel deep regret about all the things you left behind to follow that great big dream. And even though you know, I know you know that you only have one life here to live and you know how deeply you want to serve and to be fulfilled, I will always want to be the voice of reason. Will you make enough money or any? Will you let everybody down? Will you be forced to admit failure? Will you be understood? Will you ever be enough? The scariest thing about me, though, is not all of that. It's that I will also make you fear the consequences of what might happen if you don't try. And maybe, Anna, I'm simply here to remind you of what you really, really, really need to do. Sincerely, your fear. When I wrote this letter to myself, I had a tremendous realization. This was being channeled in only a few minutes. I already at some level understood that my fear wasn't trying to stop me. It was maybe trying to start me. The near need, the deep need for fear to move me into action, to do the one thing I didn't want to miss out on, to actually envision it trying to help me meet my goals, that felt like a much better rewrite for me. And it was the part of my story that I believe brought me to where I am today. And that is why, although you might not be buying any of this, you may want to pick it apart and find a reason to make this offer and invitation incorrect. Trust me, you would not be the first. This is really and surprisingly a controversial topic. You wouldn't think it is, but every time I talk about fear and making friends with fear without question, just like that day before the event I was speaking at, I get at least one comment or one DM and that's a conservative estimate saying something to the effect of like, the goal is not to embrace fear, but to become fearless. And again, my answer is this. If your growth and survival depends on being fearless or using that term and making it mean that you are resilient and you are thriving and you are powering through and it is working for you, then I want you to continue to allow that to mean what it means to you. Who am I really to try and rewrite success for you? That is not the goal of choosing to reframe. Reframing and rewriting conventional thoughts and wisdom is not designed to support those it's working for, but for those it's not. Me. It wasn't working for me. I woke up every single day at war with my own fear, and that was exhausting. Luckily, luckily, as I said earlier, my existence and my ideas are really and absolutely not dependent on you believing them, believing what I say. 
truly not attached to that outcome. I think that those who have lived in tremendous fear and anxiety and have conquered that fear or anxiety have every right to translate that as fearlessness. If that feels like the right story for them, if we're not bypassing others' experiences, then embrace what's working. But for me, and maybe for you out there listening, I am choosing once again to step up on the stage and share my truth because that perspective for me didn't work. And it's more important that I reach even one of you out there who's struggling with this and might just need a shift in thinking. I'm not sure it will ever work for me to hear the word fearless. That's just my story. That's my story. Because for me, that sets us up to believe that our natural instinct, an instinct we've had in our brains for millions of years of evolution is designed in some way to hurt us. I don't get that. So I try this on instead. I try reconciling the two opposing forces, fear and love. After all, is courage not the absence of fear? This is what we say. It's not. Courage is not the absence of fear. It's the willingness to kind of act alongside it or in spite of it. Love and fear, courage and fear are activated in the exact same part of the brain. So what if fear was simply love's wake-up call, a call into your own courage? What if it is here not to remove you from your dreams, but to call you into them? Just let that rest with you if you want and if it works as it did for me. That moment that I have now woven into the tapestry of my life to become the person that I am becoming, to create my deeper purpose and to inspire yours. So here's what I want to offer as you ponder this, my incredible storytellers. I want to leave you today with this. It is a poem by Irish poet John O'Donohue, who one day I will explain his meaning in my life as well. It was pivotal, another pivotal moment for me. But this poem is called For Courage. And it goes like this. For Courage. When the light around you lessens, and your thoughts darken until your body feels fear turn cold as a stone inside. When you find yourself bereft of any belief in yourself and all you knowingly leaned on has fallen, when one voice commands your whole heart and it is raven dark. Steady yourself and see that it is your own thinking that darkens your world. Know that you are not alone and that this darkness has purpose. Gradually, it will school your eyes to find the one gift your life requires hidden within this night corner. Invoke the learning of every suffering you have suffered. Close your eyes. Gather all the kindling about your heart to create one spark. That is all you need to nourish the flame that will cleanse the dark of its weight of festered fear. 
A new confidence will come alive to urge you toward higher ground where your imagination will learn to engage difficulty as its most rewarding threshold. Thank you for joining this edit of the Unapologetic Stories podcast. If you're ready to share your truth and rewrite your personal life story, connect with me at unapologeticstories.com for all the details on speaker training, storytelling, and strategizing your way through this one big life. If you've enjoyed listening, we would love for you to leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast listening app or Apple Podcast. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Unapologetic Anna for new speaker training start dates. Until next time, stay brave, stay unapologetic, and keep bringing in your truth.